Apart from the spiritual implications, there's a pragmatic reason that cultures should care about the state of the home because, you know, uh, the health of any nation is measured by the health of the family. Kids are full of questions, and it is really important that parents especially have the answers and the answers that are going to encourage their kids to walk closer with the Lord. And with us today is Alex McFarlane. He's the uh, the co-author of 100 Bible Questions and Answers for Families. And Alex, it is great to have you here on Charisma News to talk about these things that are often just kind of led up to maybe a pastor or a Sunday school teacher to try to explain to, to kids. But it's so important that families are the ones that have the answers. Um, let's let's talk about this book, and um, I'm excited to have you here. Well, thank you, John. It's it's great to be back. Uh, I've followed your career and all that you do for the Lord through broadcasting, and uh, I have such great respect for you, and just such a great appreciation for Charisma House and Charisma News. So um, I, I count this a real honor. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for writing this book and giving us an excuse to be able to talk again. Um, let, let's talk about the importance of answering these questions for families. Cause, um, man, I know I was a very curious kid and thank God my, my father and mother had a heart for apologetics and finding out the, the real defense of our faith. Um, and so from a young age, I knew that I could trust the Bible as true, uh, and what the Bible was saying, but it's not always difficult. It's not always easy for for people to be able to understand how to explain some of these things to kids. So let's talk about the this book and uh, there's a hundred Bible questions. I know there's there's probably even more, but uh, yeah. what are some of these questions that we can focus on in our conversation today? Well, you know, family is so important, and the Word of God has so much to say about marriage, about parenting, about raising the next generation. And several years ago, we did a book of 100 Bible questions and answers, and the Lord really blessed that book. And in in my travels, and not only, you know, the touring, which I do almost incessantly, it's a real blessing to travel, and we do a lot of camps and conferences, but um, we just begin to collect more and more and more questions. And the Mm. publisher came to us and said, look, we really want to do one. Uh, would you do a volume two? And I said, I would love to do that. May we focus it on family? Because, you know, kids have questions. Um, and, and by the way, as I'm sure you know, John, here in America and in the Western world, um, the, the family is under attack. And, Absolutely. And what, yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of people very concerned about the future of the family, but I'll tell you who's concerned about the family are sociologists, not necessarily hmm. preachers, although certainly those of us in ministry, you know, are, and we, we want to affirm what the Bible says. But um, just uh, apart from the spiritual implications, there's a pragmatic reason that cultures should care about the state of the home, because, hmm. you know, uh, the health of any nation is measured by the health of the family, really. And so we did this book, and we we got actual questions from parents, from children, from teenagers, from seniors, 
But really, the, the whole goal of it is, of course, to get people into the Word of God and to show people that there are good apologetics answers and every, every question has a good answer. But really, as we say in the book, John, and as, as I say to youth, I said this to 1,250 teenagers in seven youth camps all through the summer of 2023, look, uh, Everything hangs on the family. And so let let me say one more word before we get into some of these questions, perhaps. Um, There was a University of Southern California at Santa Barbara recently published a study that was in psychology today. And I mean, the greatest predictor for not only emotional health, emotional stability, just general happiness and and thriving fulfillment, but also physical health and even financial prosperity. According Hmm. to secular psychologists, the greatest measurement for the most accurate measurement uh, for the well-being and prosperity of any individual is their, their home life. And I mean, we as Christians, we know that God invented marriage, God invented family, God cares about family. But even beyond that, you know, we're talking about health, emotional security, and even financial prosperity. We all really have a vested interest in affirming family. So I tell teens, I say, look, you want to be happy, you want to be successful, uh, lose at anything else, but win with your family. And so we, as much as I love theology, apologetics, worldview, data, uh, we, we are champions for family. And we think that the whole body of Christ should be as well. Amen. Amen. I totally agree with that. And the family has been under such an attack, um, yeah. especially when it comes to identity. And identity really comes through the, the father, uh, we know yeah. that biblically, but also through the through the father of the home, where in in cases where the father isn't in the home, the the statistics are just astronomically uh, difficult for uh, for people to overcome a lot of those things. It's primarily because the dad isn't able to speak identity. Uh, who is this? Who is his son? Who is his daughter? Uh, what does that yeah. mean to? be a son or a daughter and have a, have a father. Um, mothers are very important. Don't get us wrong yeah. in that, but the, the statistics that show, uh, absent fathers, uh, really that is a, that's part of the downfall of society right now. And, you know, Alex, I want to ask you kind of in, in a response to that, like you've been doing apologetics for a long time and mm-hmm. teaching about this and you've got a radio program that you do. And over the last you know, many years, what are some questions that you've seen come up um, recently that you would, that 10 years ago, you wouldn't have included in your book that you are now? Oh, great question. Uh, John, l- let's go like 20 years, 10 years, and the present day. 20 years ago, yeah. when I was first on college campuses debating atheists and then talking with you know, late teens, early 20s, young young people that were in a faith crisis. The questions were about evidence. Um, you know, how do we really know Jesus rose from the dead? How do we really know the manuscripts are trustworthy, that the, the Bible is really the Word of God? Give me the evidence. 
by by ten years ago, when you and I first probably did some television together on on several occasions, the mm-hmm. questions were more not so much evidential but more emotional. Like, if, mm-hmm. if God loves me, why am I hurting? Um, even questions about like divorce. You know, um, if if God is so good, why did my mom and dad split up? And if if my parents really love me, kids are asking this. Why wasn't I worth sticking around for? Very painful. But today, kids are asking questions about identity. Um, mm-hmm. it, um, how do I know I was born in the right body? Maybe, uh, maybe I'm a male, but I should have been a female. Um, does Does God care about my gender? I mean, so ten years ago. John, I'm going to say even five years ago, we never would have had these kind of questions. Kids that are professed believers claim to have had a born-again experience, but yet are struggling with not just homosexual temptation, but, um, oh my goodness, uh, wanting to transition to be a different gender. I mean, you know, kids ask questions about, um, how do I really know I'm a human being? Uh, oh wow! Yeah, I mean, wow! Believe it or not, there are even at some professed Christian schools. Yeah, you know, I mean, there'll be questions about what is a human being. Can we even define or quantify what is a human being? And of course, we can. We're made in God's image, and we are a a, a sinner for whom Christ died. I mean, there's, you know, philosophically, theologically. Uh, sociologically, there's a lot we can say about here is a definitive word on what is a human being. But but let me let me be very straight with you. The Bible says mm-hmm. in John 10, verse 10, that uh, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I right. honestly think there's a full-out assault by Satan on what it means to be a human being. The, the devil could not kill God. So he's tried mm. to harm and deface, dehumanize the ones made in God's image. So, John, we're very, very much in a spiritual battle that it's not only a battle for the mind and beliefs. It's just a battle for reality right now. Wow, that is so true. You know, I I, I guess this is showing my age now. I'm I'm 38, but you know, I kind of definitely relate to the, I want to know the evidence. I want to know what it is. You know, can we really believe, can we really trust that the Bible is true? And those things are still relevant. That's still what we need to, to understand and to, to, to defend our faith. But it's almost like these new things are like layers that are just kind of clouding that information, or you can't get somebody to care about the fact that the Bible is true. The, you know, written by 40 different authors over a period of uh, 1600 years and three different continents and three different languages, but it tells one contiguous story of the redemption of man and God's love for us. You know, just the, this whole thing of like, you got to clear away a bunch of this other mud to get to the place where then people can, can get there. Is this what you're seeing as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the gospel, the death, burial, the resurrection of Jesus for the sins of the world, that's uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 5. Um, And we want people to believe the gospel and be born again and indwelt by the Spirit of God. 
Um, but nowadays, like you say, there's so many cobwebs and so many obstacles in the way. I mean, I think of it like this. Um, where I sit right now, I'm about 200 miles from the Atlantic Ocean. I, I love the, the beach, you know. Uh, but mm -hmm. if I want to get in the ocean, I've got to get in the car and drive four hours and then step into the water. There are people that uh, are fortunate enough to uh, live in Florida. Um, and they all they have to do to get in the ocean is just go out their front door, step in the water. Now, let me just say this. There are people that they don't, faith is not a problem. I've had people, even, you know, middle schoolers and high schoolers, they'll say, you know, I've always known God loved me. I've just always known Jesus is real. And I, I, I accepted Jesus at a very, very young age. I've just always known that Jesus is real. That's like the person mm -hmm. that lives on the shore. They have to step into the water, but they're very close by. It's not a hard lift, right? There are people that are 200 miles inland. And they've got issues. Well, how do I know God is real? Um, why did all this bad stuff happen to me? And what we do in answering the questions and writing the books, doing apologetics, it's like apologetics is the automobile that takes them down to the water's edge. And mm. sometimes it's a very long journey. Now, they still have to step into the water by faith, but it's, it's like apologetics and and worldview and just love and prayer and patience what we're trying to do is put them in a vehicle that will put them in a position to where they can take that step of faith and open their heart and life to jesus christ you know alex there's so many topics that people have questions about how did you decide these how did you narrow it down to just a hundred of these questions because i know you could probably narrow it down even further for bigger topics but there's some very specific questions that people have now how did you pick these hundred questions uh for and questions and answers for families um you know for one thing i i'm i'm a pretty uh, obsessive uh hoarder of questions and i keep journals and questions mm. that I get on radio shows and things like that. So I made my initial list and then we, we showed it to the publishing team and made some revisions. But then as I'm on the road speaking, I and my staff, we showed the list to people. And what's interesting is we had input even from children and from teenagers. Mm. All right, listen to this. There was a first grade boy. And I, I don't know if he... Let's say he was, I don't know, eight, wh whatever age you're in, in first grade, seven or eight years old. And this boy asked me, this little child, he said, um, why did God make people? And why did God make me? I mean, that that's mm. as deep a question as any philosopher would answer. You know, why, why are there human beings? And why did God make me? And then we had a little girl. Um, I think she was about a fourth or fifth grader. And she asked the question, why did God in the Old Testament allow men to have more than one wife? That's a good question. The polygamy wow. in the Old Testament. Um, and then moms and dads had questions. You know, mothers had questions about, you know, how can I um, get my kids to get along? Conflict resolution. How can I get mm. my husband to, to spend more time with the family? Men had questions. How can I make sure that my child will have a biblical belief? And, you know, 
I, I say to men, I say, men, the greatest thing that you can ever do for your children is to love their mother. And and I know marriage is is not easy. My wife and I have been married 35 years, uh, raised children, buried three parents, settled estates. Mm. Life is a rigorous, hard marathon, right? But I'm going to tell you the yeah. greatest joy. Um, people, people ask me sometimes, John, you know, what we're proud of, not in a prideful sense, you know, but uh, we've filled up 49 coliseums and uh, written a few books and traveled to all but one or two continents. But the thing that, that I'm most proud of is that I've stayed married to the same woman for 35 years and been true to her and she's been true to me. Um, and I, I don't mean that prideful, but here's the thing I tell people, um, your legacy and the greatest thing you'll ever do, second only to getting born again, most important thing, be born again, love Jesus, grow, but build a family. And um, that's why the questions in this book are designed to, yeah, give answers and biblical depth, but really to encourage people to be, be a champion for family and specifically be an absolute go-the-distance participant in your own family. So this book is really going to help parents and, you know, parents of fam of kids um, and actually, even I'm sure relating to husbands and wives as well, um, it's really going to help them be able to, I guess, overcome some of the inadequacies that they that they feel uh, because yeah. they don't. I know sometimes it's just hard to even look at or address an issue because you don't have the answers already. This book is really yeah. going to help people uh, be able to overcome some of those things. And I know the Bible has answers for all, all aspects of life, but there's a lot of things that are nuanced now that the Bible doesn't have a clear answer on. How do you, um, how do you apply God's truth to some of these situations? And can you give some examples? Great question. Yeah. Because I mean, there, there's so many things that, um, exist now that the Bible doesn't specifically uh, address like, you know, identity theft or credit card theft or, um, just the things that encroach on our time. I mean, one of the things I say to moms and dads about imparting a biblical worldview and imparting your values is make time for family mealtime. Mm. And I know we're busy and all this, but uh, think about this. Uh, from birth to high school graduation, you have 18 years. And uh, you and I know 18 years goes by in a flash. I mean, it sounds like a long time, nearly yeah, two really. decades, but... It really goes by so quickly. Um, one day the baby is taking first steps mm -hmm. and you're going to blink and they're taking their steps across the stage to get their high school diploma. And so I say to moms and dads, be intentional. You know, there was a study. Think about this. Of any ethnicity in America, the least likely um, demographic to ever be arrested or serve jail time and the the lowest percentage of even things like traffic tickets are jewish people hmm. and the least likely ethnicity to ever get arrested are jewish males 
And so sociologists wanted to find out why that was. Well, do you know what? Long story short, um, it's the bond to family and a faith community, in the case of Jewish people, the synagogue. But a couple of things. One, at 13, uh, Jewish boys and girls, uh, there's a bar mitzvah and a mm -hmm. bat mitzvah. Um, you're, you're not a, you're not a boy anymore. You're a, you're a young man. And we, the community of faith recognize you're a man. Now we bless you. We acknowledge your identity. Now act in accord with your true self. You're a young man, a man of the, the, the Torah. Now I'm a Christian. I'm not advocating for Judaism. I'm simply saying this, there is this milestone of a clear delineation from you were a child, you are now a young man or mm -hmm. young woman. The other thing is that they recognize that the demographic most likely to still have family mealtime uh, five to seven nights a week are Jewish families. Wow. Now, I can almost hear moms and dads say, but, but Alex, there's soccer, there's ballet, there's, you know, National Honor Society, there are all these extracurricular things. I'm challenging moms and dads, Christian parents, have a family meal, and, and I mean an unplugged meal. Now, moms and dads point. say to me, they say, oh, but 30 minutes without the phone, my, my kids will get mad. I'm like, well, repeat after me. I am the parent. <laughs> say it like you mean it. I am the parent. And, you know, the golden rule, the one with the goal makes the rules. Mm -hmm. Moms and dads, you know, you pay for the phone. You pay for the Internet. You get to call the shots. So my point is to build a biblical worldview into the lives of, of your children. First of all, you, you need to be in church. There needs to be that larger faith community. You need, your children need to understand that as a Christian family, all of life is about stewardship. Mm. We don't just veg out playing Angry Birds for eight hours a day or watching cat videos on YouTube. And we're, we're not, you know, we're not going to waste our, our window of time on screens all the time. And we are going to have family meal together. Moms and dads, it is imperative. And I say this in the book, John, and I'll, I'll say it here and I'm preaching it myself as well, we will make time for what we prioritize. And so our, our next to our testimony and our tithe, our family really is the primary area of stewardship for a Christian. And so um, it's a challenge. We got to do this. We don't want to, we don't want to lose this generation of, of kids. Yeah. This generation of kids is under attack. Uh, big time. And, yeah. you know, as you read the Bible and you look at when an entire generation is, is under attack, um, I, I'm reminded, I'm reminded of in Egypt, how like the Pharaohs wanted to kill all the, all the newborn men, um, uh, you know, all the baby boys and that God saved yeah. Moses. And when Jesus was born, uh, uh, Herod yeah. put out a decree to kill all the, all the, the infants at that point, two years and under, when there's an attack on a generation, you know that there is a redeemer or somebody that is going to rise up that God has a purpose and a plan for. And so I, whenever I look at this generation, I think, man, there are some strong leaders that the devil is trying to keep down. 
And we as as families, and I'm I have only been married uh, almost a year at this point, and we don't have any children yet. But I know that uh, when we do that, there these kids are going to raise up are, are going to be raised up in a home that fears the Lord. That and the, the family time is a priority. But pointing pe- pointing them back to the Word of God as our source, as our guide, is so important. And my wife and I need to demonstrate that. And that's one of the key things I believe that we need to do is to demonstrate mm-hmm. that. Because if we're looking to the Bible for answers, then our kids will look to there as well. Um, as we're as we're about to wrap up here, I just want to ask you: like, What are some things? beyond this, uh, beyond this book that are, that you're doing. And I want to talk about the viral truth clubs, because I think that is a, a really cool thing that you're doing. And I want to encourage everybody to go to alexmcfarland.com. You can get the book there uh, a lot. You can see all the other stuff that Alex is doing, but let's, let's talk about these uh, viral truth clubs. Well, well, thanks so much, John. Uh, yeah, you know, we've been doing our conferences for 25 years, truth for a new generation uh, we've been all over the country, and we're we're going to be next year in 2024. Uh, we'll be in Texas with one of our big national conferences. Uh, it's it's been our joy over the years. I mean, Josh McDowell, Lee Strobel, Jay Warner Wallace, Frank Turek, James Dobson. You know, we we've been so blessed to put mm-hmm. on conferences, and very often with you know three, four, five thousand attendees apologetics and uh it's great but kids would always ask me they're like yay you know i can defend my faith now what do i do Mm. so we prayed about it and i felt led to start clubs and we we get kids sometimes it's just maybe three middle schoolers then other times at like certain colleges there have been a hundred college kids but a viral truth club because it's like you know Truth gone viral. Videos mm-hmm. go viral. We want truth to go viral. And the website for the clubs is viraltruth.com. We we provide talking points for 40, 40 topics that we feel are the key topics uh, of this age. You know, truth, God, morals, the Bible, Jesus Christ. And John, we even in the Viral Truth Clubs, we talk about America. Why America is worth caring about. What makes America unique? What makes America exceptional? And um, four times a year, I have these leadership seminars, and I'll be on a Zoom call sometimes with 600 youth. And and if it's a, a teen or a middle schooler, you know, they have to, have to have parents' permission, and I welcome parents to be on these calls too. But what we're doing in the Viral Truth Clubs, we're equipping teens to reach teens. We're training kids how to lead a meeting. These are these are school meetings, and virtually every public school in America uh, has clubs, and kids organize the clubs, they charter the clubs, they lead the clubs, they lead the meetings, but about a 45 to 50-minute meeting, mm-hmm. and there's you know a call to order. We have them say the Pledge of Allegiance. And and by the way, at our summer camps, I've I've got so many recordings. Imagine 300 youth and they're shouting, we are the generation who will restore America. We are the generation who will restore America. And, and I know, you know, people that are woke 
progressive liberal media are probably thinking, oh my goodness, these people are brainwashing the kids to believe in Jesus and to salute the flag. Um, but we are really trying to create a, a movement mm -hmm. for God and country because these things matter. And let me just say, the teen, don't, don't assume kids don't care about truth. They really do because they... Um, they seem to gravitate toward all this content like thirsty people to cool water on a hot day. Uh, God and country and making a difference. They can make a difference. The hmm. kids, they light up over this. They really do. That's exciting. I, I think we could do a whole interview about that uh, at some point. So we might have to, we might have to book that at, at another time. But I just want to encourage everybody that identity is a huge issue that people are dealing with right now. There's so many questions that people have about identity and who they are, and especially Generation Z. And if you have somebody in Generation Z that you love and they are not sure about who they are, I want to encourage you to get a hold of this book, uh, 100 Bible Questions and Answers for Families, because this is something that you guys can do together that will help you raise your kids in the way that they should go and they would not depart from it. That's one of the promises that the word of God has. And if you're intentional about that and the things that Alex has talked about, family, family meal time, this is really going to help you have a long and prosperous life uh, for your kids. Uh, and as they honor their father and mother, they're, as you're somebody that they're, that they want to honor, it's going to be a lot easier for them to do that too. Uh, yeah. But that comes with family time. And uh, Alex, those are some amazing statistics that, that you gave about the Jewish families. And yeah. that is really encouraging because if we can put our focus on the family like that, then this generation that you're talking about with these viral truth clubs, uh, they can actually be the ones to lead to this next need, lead this next generation lose at anything else but win with your family you know john as a pastor um we we, we pastors are in a lot of hospitals and I, i've never been uh with somebody in their dying moments when they said oh you know if only i had had a nicer car you know or gee i should have spent more time at the office now all this going to matter in the final moments of the fourth quarter shall we say mm -hmm. all that's going to matter is god and family what did I do for my Lord? What did I do for my loved ones? And so I want to just challenge, I challenge young people, you want to be happy, you want to in, make a difference for Jesus, build a Christian family. But I say to moms and dads, um, make time for your kids and your family. Make those memories and those special times and, and have devotions. Oh my goodness, have devotions with your kids. Um, it's all I can say. Lose at anything else but win with your family. Amen. Amen. Alex McFarland, thank you so much for being here on Charisma News. And I just want to encourage everybody, go to alexmcfarland.com for more information about this book and so many other resources that he has. Alex, God bless you, brother. God bless you, John. Thank you.